Welcome back to our 4th of July celebration. What makes America great? I'm Stephen Parr, Chief Groundskeeper for Conservative Ground, here with Louis Avaloni. Hey, Stephen. Uh, Louis is, uh, and, and I've been working on this Conservative Ground project for a while, and we're very, very excited about what's happening here today with, with this show. It is just beyond words. So we sent out emails to people all over the country. Everywhere. People you know at home. And one of the people we sent out to was Tucker Carlson. Of course, you know Tucker. He's got the number one slot at Fox News. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Daily Caller. Uh, He was on CNN. Been around the world. Tucker was the very first person to respond back to our email, and he said he wanted to do the show. It's awesome. And I think that says something about, it doesn't say anything about you or me. Not that he doesn't know us. At all. Well, I think it says something about Tucker Mm -hmm. and how he feels about our country. Tucker Carlson, thank you so much for being on our show. Am Am I on track here? Does this say something about how you feel about America? Well, I loved your email. I thought it was such a cool idea. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I mean, I, I responded immediately because I, I thought it was a great idea. So let me just get to the first question here. What do you think makes America great? Well, there are a bunch of things, but the my favorite thing by far, and there's self-interest in this, but I love the fact and treasure and I'm grateful for the fact that you can say what you think is true in America, period. It's an absolute right. It's the only country in which that is true. There are lots of countries with, you know, market economies and democratic systems of government and, you know, not very much litter. I mean, there are a lot of first world countries you could live in, but none of them have a First Amendment. And none of them preserve in the way we do the right of free expression. And that's, you know, maybe that's not important to you, but it's really important to me, obviously, because of my job, but also because I just love it. I love the fact that no one can punish you for saying what you think is true. So that's the first and most important thing about America, as far as I'm concerned, and I think that all other freedoms hang on that. Like Everything depends on that. That's a very good point. And, and of course, you've been around the world. As a reporter, have you been in other places in, in, the, in the world where you kind of felt, boy, this is something that needs to be said, this is something that's true, but I may not be standing on the soil where I, I can necessarily say that? Well, I think it's true in every other country. I mean, even in countries I like to visit and countries whose people I like and, you know, that I would live. Canada, I like Canada. You know, it's a nice country. People are in jail in Canada for saying what they think. You know, unpopular things, but that's that's always the measure. You know, can you say something unpopular? There's no, you know, you, you don't need a First Amendment to protect your right to agree with everyone else. <laughs> that's implied. <laughs> but But Canada, Western Europe, I mean, all of those... All of the countries in Western Europe have limits on speech. You know, I think we're unique in the world um, in that. So, I mean, I've always been grateful for that. And without that freedom, I mean, of course, I couldn't have my job. Do you feel like that freedom is under threat now in a way that maybe it hasn't been before? Well, not only is it under threat, it's being eroded. And um, for the simple reason that in order to pass on freedoms, you have to tell the next generation that they exist, and you have to explain them. I mean, that's how that's how we pass on our values, is through what used to be called the oral tradition. You know, we all get around the campfire and tell the stories of our ancestors, and, and the basic story of America is the story of people who had strong views, but they were out of step with their neighbors, and so they had to leave, and they had to go somewhere else where they could worship the God they wanted and and say what they thought was true, and they they went to a whole new continent in order to do that. And the first thing they did when they got self-government was to enshrine the right that they enjoyed 
in the in the Bill of Rights, in the very first one, the very first amendment. So you got to tell the next generation that. And when you stop doing it, they stop knowing. And I, you know, kids now believe there's something called hate speech, which is a fictional category. It doesn't actually exist. The Supreme Court has ruled on this a bunch. There's no such thing as hate speech. I mean, there's ugly speech and there's impolite speech and there's speech that I would never utter and that I would get mad at my children for using. I mean, of course, a lot of things that you shouldn't say, but there's nothing you're not allowed to say. And that's a key distinction. And that distinction is being lost. Yeah, I think uh, Ronald Reagan said all great change begins at the dinner table. You know, I, I guess I'm interested to know where do you think that disconnect is with respect to, you know, like you said, you know, we all used to sit around the campfire and, and you tell the story stories of, of previous generations and, and how things were done and, and what made America great. And where do you think that disconnect is? And, and more importantly, how do we reconnect it? By exercising it. I mean, really, the, the way to change things is to convince people. I mean, we have a whole, you know, electoral and legislative system for changing things, for codifying them, for making new laws. But real change begins when people change their minds. And they change their minds when they're convinced by someone making an argument, a rational appeal um, to them and saying, you know, here's what the facts are and here's why I've reached the conclusion I have. And if you if you do that enough, calmly and in a welcoming, open-minded way, I mean, you will you will convert people. You know, if you if your argument is solid and um, and so that's what we need to do. And, and why haven't people been doing that? I mean, because they took they took it for granted. You know, they, they got complacent. They decided, you know, things were always this way, so they would always remain this way. That's not true. But they convinced themselves of that. And I think in a lot of ways, if I can just point a finger at my fellow conservatives, I mean, I think they got pretty caught up in issues that are not as important, like marginal tax rate. I'm for lower taxes, obviously. Most, most people are. But you can change taxes with a single vote. You can't change attitudes with a single vote. You know, you can't change people's understandings of their country and if the things that really matter like families um with a single vote you have to inculcate those values by telling your kids about them and i think we stopped doing that i love what you said there that that you have to change people's minds you have to win the argument uh in a way that's uh respectful but but you do that through speech and and obviously that's i i get the feeling that that has been a driving principle for you in your entire career with with when you were in cnn when with the daily call now of course what you're doing on fox news that you're trying to convince people politely with your argument and i'm open to being convinced myself i mean part of the joy of the job is getting to hear other points of view and you know the majority of the time i dismiss them i've heard those arguments before i i don't think they add up in some cases, I don't think they make any sense at all. But occasionally, you know, you hear something that stops you. And if you're awake, and I really try to be, you think, well, wait, that's not exactly crazy, is it? And then you sort of think about it for a while. And occasionally, your mind has changed. It certainly happened to me. And I, I am grateful for those experiences. Because, by the way, if you don't change your mind every once in a while, when you're living in a country changing as fast as ours, you're probably not paying attention. You ought to let reality dictate your beliefs rather than the other way around. So I love it. I love the exchange of ideas. And I love talking to people and debating with people who are sincere, who really believe what they're saying. And it's Washington, so most of the time we get hacks and people reading talking points, but occasionally get someone who really means it. And I think that person's wrong, but like I love talking to people like that. I think one of the beauty, or one of the greatest uh, attributes of your show is that you actually allow the guests to get their point of view out 
that is longer than a 30-second soundbite. And so, you know, you talk about changing minds. A lot of what we need to change in this country can't be done in 30-second increments. And I think that's one of the one of the neat things about your show, and I think why it's so popular, uh, aside from the fact that you're just a fantastic debater, is that you do allow those those ideas to get out and to really be able to pull them apart uh, for folks to see how they all fit together or don't. Well, exactly, because I don't want to win on debate points. I mean, I sometimes we get people um, who are worried about coming on the show, and one of the producers will call me and say, will you call the person and talk to him about it? And I always tell the guest what I'm going to ask, always. I never have any trick questions. I'll tell anybody at any time what I'm going to ask or what I think I'm going to ask, because why wouldn't I? You know, I want to hear their actual answer. I'm not trying to trip them up with a trick question or sophism or, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Whip out their tax returns and ask them to account for some number they haven't seen before. Like, why would <laughs> But, you know, that's just, that's that's a magic trick. And I, I'm not interested in that. I, I want to hear what they have to say. I'm not afraid to let them say it because I think the audience can make up its mind about whether their point is better than mine. I mean, I, I really believe in that. Like, let's get it all out there and see what you really think. Like, what are you saying? You're what is the point of this? Like, strip away all the, all the dumb cliches and talking points and tell me what, what, what point are you making? And if it's a good one, great, you win. You're trying to let them have their freedom of speech. I love that. It's You're living out your conviction. Thank you so much for joining us on our What Makes America Great 4th of July special here on News Radio 710 Keel. Tucker Carlson, you can see him on Fox News. Uh, and, and again, thank you so much for being here, Tucker. Oh, man, it was an honor. Thank you. Happy 4th of July. Thanks, and to you. Lewis, I just love that. Yeah, I love that the freedom of speech. Why not? Of course, it makes perfect sense to me. He's just awesome. Yeah. Our next guest is also awesome. Dr. Alveda King. Her family changed America for the better. She's coming up next. Wow. What makes America great? Our 4th of July special right here. News Radio 710 Keel. Don't go anywhere.